Hello, hello, it's Brooke DeVard, and you're listening to the Naked Beauty Podcast. Welcome back. Thank you so much for tuning in week after week. You know how much I appreciate the support. So today I'm interviewing Denise Vazi, who is like so cool, so down to earth. I've been seeing her face since I was like a young girl when she was a model doing all of these beauty campaigns. It was really cool to talk to her now about how she's evolved from a model to an actress to an entrepreneur digital creator. I mean, she's just doing all the things all while being a mom. So it was so great to connect with her. And I'm doing really great. I am working out harder than ever, more often than ever. I've committed to doing two sessions per week with my personal trainer, Lucy. She is a great trainer, but she definitely doesn't take it easy on me. She's always telling me that I can do more. And it's just really wild to, you know, get into a push-up position and realize that like you really can't even do 10 push-ups without extreme struggle. And I used to be able to. So it's like this transition into learning to embrace what my body can and can't do postpartum. And, you know, I have about 20 pounds to lose until I'm back at my kind of pre-pregnancy weight, which is a lot. Like it's, it sounds like a lot and I may never get there. And if I don't, that's okay. But I definitely know that I want to get in shape. I want to be able to hold a plank. I want to be able to do lunges and lift weights and do all of those things that, you know, give you energy and make you feel strong. So that's really what I'm focused on. Weight loss is secondary to just getting in shape, getting fit. And I also feel like it helps me sleep better and it's helping me with my energy. And I'm doing it even though it's really hot. I, I worked out two days ago. It was 93 degrees Fahrenheit. Outdoor workout. Like I was pouring sweat, but I do it and I'm going to continue to do it. So I have Lucy coming tomorrow morning, which is always a great way to start the day. Um, Mavi just turned nine months old, which is just like, wow, I can't believe it. Nine months is a special birthday, I feel like. Well, it's not a birthday, but a special milestone because that's also the amount of time that you are pregnant. You're pregnant for nine months. So then when your baby's nine months, you're like, wow, I've been thinking of you every single day for the past 18 months. And yeah, I can just remember like when I got towards the end of my pregnancy, I was so eager to meet him and see what he was like and talk with him. And and I still can't talk with him, but I get to see him. I get to interact with him. I get to see what his little personality is becoming. And I can just remember like towards the end of my pregnancy, I was just like, I can't wait until he's here. And I hope he comes here and he's healthy. That's what's most important. So I'm feeling very grateful and very appreciative of just where I am in, in this journey. And of course, for all of you for listening to this podcast, thank you also for everyone who has chosen to follow me on Naked Beauty Planet. That's the Instagram account. I have been able to create more content. I'm going to do even more video content. I'm working with all of these great brands. And that's all because of your support for this podcast and for following me and choosing to engage with me on social. So I really, really appreciate all of the support. All right, let's get into my conversation with Denise. You'll know real when you get it. It will say eBay authenticity guarantee and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like a gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, 
Solon logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. All right. I am joined with the legendary Denise Bossy. Thank you so much for being on Naked Beauty. I'm so excited to talk to you. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited to be here. Naked Beauty is my absolute favorite beauty podcast. And I'm like, just absolutely honored that you guys would have me. That is so sweet. Well, we got to, we were like on a mom's panel together, but I've known about you literally since like I can remember. And I love all of the stuff you're doing with beauty. How do you describe yourself now? Like you're definitely an entrepreneur skincare enthusiast, natural beauty enthusiast, but like what, how do you introduce yourself? So mom, first and foremost, although my husband might not like that, but but then I am also a wife and I just go with the like digital entrepreneur because like I walked away from acting because I wanted to be home with my kids and because I grew this community organically that told me I could have a platform and they believed in me in the beginning more than I believed in myself. And I just made this pivot, but I'm definitely a skincare enthusiast through and through since gosh, I can't tell you how long comes from my grandma. And then obviously modeling, I picked up so much stuff um, and appreciation for beauty. And I was never tall enough to do fashion. And when an agent finally told me that, and told me that it wasn't going to happen, I was never going to do like a Gucci you know, fall 1999 campaign, (laughs) but said that I could be really successful in beauty. I ran with it. It's like what we talk about now about like knowing your niche. Yes. I had that lesson very young in life modeling. And I said, okay, well then I'm going to go after every beauty campaign that I can. And I was very fortunate to work in the beauty space for a long time. And I still am, but now I get to tell my own narrative, which is why I love what I do. Right. And I can remember growing up seeing your face in CVS, like, you know, sell, selling me skincare. And one of the things that you and I have in common, I modeled with Ford. I signed with Ford when I was 12. And I think you were like 12 when you signed with Ford. Yes. I know. But your career was very different from mine. I just like went to like auditions after school and like literally barely did it. But you really started modeling at such a young age. So I want to understand, like, what was your relationship and understanding of beauty like growing up? So... I come from a family of women, although now we're, we have a lot of boys in the family, but I had the best foundation of women in my life. And I come from a very mixed family. As you know, I'm Puerto Rican, Dominican, and Greek. And so we all look very different. We all have different um, hair types and skin types and body types. And culturally, all of those cultures really look at women who are curvy and soft as like the epitome of sexy and beauty. And so thankfully I had that as an upbringing because when puberty hit, things started to like, <laughs> and I, 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 I was like, wait, this is like bomb. And um, that was really the foundation of like what beauty meant to me uh, being like authentic. We hear that word so much now, but then my grandmother and my mom were just like, you know, you are who you are and there are things you're not going to be able to change about you. 
And so you have to really work with what you have, enhance what you love about yourself and stop talking about age. That was my grandma's advice. Wow. I love it. And you mentioned your Dominican, Puerto Rican, Greek, were there things from those cultures in terms of beauty routines and treatments that they kind of passed down to you or you saw as a young girl growing up? Yeah, I think that my connection with clean beauty later in life really stems from being so connected to those cultures and what we would call right now as like um, do it yourself, right? Making masks at home, using honey, using olive oil, those kind of things really come from the generations before mine and being passed down from the women in my life. Culturally, you had a problem, you slapped something that was in the kitchen on it. And my grandma, who's like my beauty icon, everything we did was in the kitchen. So everything I know about cooking is from her in the kitchen and everything I know about beauty is from her in the kitchen because we had a very small bathroom. So everything (laughs) beauty-wise as well, she went to beauty school and she would always tell me, don't overpluck your eyebrows. You just take the ones that are like, you know, a little like going crazy. And we did home steams, put a big pot on. What kind of herbs do you throw in the pot? So it's a steam your face. And all of that really comes from being, you know, rooted in our culture. So I'm, I'm forever grateful for that because after my 20s, I really reconnected with that. That's beautiful. So you, you've really been entrenched in beauty culture. And, you know, when you started modeling, there's a beautiful part of modeling, right? Where you get to express yourself and be in on these shoes. But there's also like the dark side of modeling where essentially you were being judged for your physical appearance and physical appearance only really. I mean, you can have a horrible personality and be a very successful model. And so how did, you know, starting to model, especially as a teenager, sort of like change or influence the way you thought about beauty? So, I mean, there's the good and the bad. And I would say that the bad was having to really um, stand up for myself and say, listen, I'm never going to be 60. Like I can do all of the things that you guys are saying, but it's just not going to happen. My body is not really built that way. That's great that you did that because I feel like a lot of models develop eating disorders trying to fit into the like double, double zero standard. Thank God for my mom. Thank God for my mom, because I remember she was so, so I was first approached to model when I was six months old. My dad was still in my life at the time. Pampers offered a contract and my dad was like, no, my father, excuse me, my father, my biological father was like, no. And over the years, my mom had collected cards and uh, uh, telephone numbers and contact information for modeling people, agents, agencies, whatever. And finally, when I was 12, a family friend was really kind of aggressively pushing her and I had done everything for a week. I did ballet, I did tap, I did piano. She was like, you want to try this? I was like, okay, cool, let's try it. Then when I realized I could get out of school early (laughs) and I was the only one who could have a beeper at school, I was like, this (laughs) Um, But my mom was very adamant and very involved. My either my mom or my grandmother took me to go sees, you know, those are like model auditions. And I always, I always, until I was probably very close to 16, had somebody on set with me every single time. And I remember signing with Ford and my mom saying, here's a deal. She can eat whatever she wants. She can be whoever she wants. 
She can dress however she wants. And that's the only way we're doing this. And so I always had that. And again, I had the just upbringing of like women who have shape are beautiful. Like we're meant to be who we are and be in our bodies, whatever God gave us. And so I was really grateful for that. And so I've always stood up for that, you know, body positivity. And of course, I love to exercise and be fit. Not right now during the pandemic, (laughs) but I I do believe in that. But I also just believe in there's certain things you just, that's who you are. Like you, you can't, I can't physically change who I am. I'm always going to have an ass. Can I say that? Yes. But I'm always like, I'm Dominican and Puerto Rican. Like I'm going to have an ass. It doesn't matter what weight I am. That's going to be, you know, who I am. And then the beautiful part is that I learned in, in modeling was, about was really attached to my hair. And that was, I remember I started the first time to straighten my hair. I'd go to like the Dominican salon and do the whole thing and the blow it and the rollers and sit under the thing. And I remember coming to the agency and they were like, uh, what are you doing? What's up with your hair? They wanted your hair curly. Yes. And their thing now, their reason was you're not going to make as much money because at the time they're, they're, it's not that mixed girls weren't around. Of course, mixed girls were, but there were very few signed to agencies at the time. In fact, when I first started to like, when, when my family friend like first started to like explore the whole modeling thing, I went to Elite and Wilhelmina and they were like, I don't know what to do with her. She's really? clearly beautiful, which is a very big compliment, but she's not blonde eye, blue eye, which is what we have sell, sell, sell. And she's not a black girl. Right. And we only have room for one of those anyway. <laughs> so yes. we don't know how to sell her. And so I really learned in modeling to like what I call um, like the modeling version of switch coding, because I'd go into a go see, I'd, I'd ask beforehand, what are they looking for? And then I might change my appearance or how I dressed or how, uh, what pictures were in my portfolio when I went there. If they were looking really for a black girl, then I'd use things where I looked more black. I was never going to look Latina and I was never going to look white. And I needed to figure out how to work. And that was really part of it. That's so interesting. So it seems like you kind of emerged unscathed from that, but then you got into acting. So how did your kind of acting and getting on all my children, how did that happen? I went through a really bad breakup and I was like, I'm so need something new, everything new, everything needed to be new. That started a decade of straightening my hair, which was, that is going to be my, like, we'll talk about that later. (laughs) And I was like, I'm ready to do more because I I felt like in the modeling world, I wasn't really getting to express myself. And it wasn't necessarily about every single time about the final product on camera, like the picture that ended up in the print, but it was more so when I was in the seat and what they were doing to me in the seat because they didn't know how to work with my hair. Right. Because they didn't have foundation to match my skin. And so I would come in with my stuff and say, hey, I, I have my stuff. And oh, oh, no, we can't use that. We're going to use this. And then the picture would come out and I'm like, oh, I mean, I guess it looks okay, but I kind of look like grayscaled and, and they glue all this stuff in my hair because they didn't, they're, I don't know what took them so long to like get with the clip-in situation, but they were, they were literally gluing extensions into my hair and I would come home and I, 
hours to take him out. And um, I was like, this is great. I'm grateful for the opportunity, but the fact that I need to like shut up and do my job isn't who I am. Cause like I'm come from a family of women. I'm a feminist through and through. So like, okay, what's next? And acting was kind of like the next step. And so I studied that. I studied with a lot of great coaches and then my manager, I, I, I got a great manager in, in, in TV and film. And he said, okay, you ready to move to LA? And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa LA. Like I, I am a Brooklyn girl. I need to be in New York. Like This is all that I know. And he was like, okay, you want to do a soap opera? Because there's not much that's going to keep you here after you do like a couple of episodes of Law and Order. <laughs> <laughs> so all my children, like I, I, I read for a couple of places and all my children like booked. And if you are a New Yorker, or if you are like a TV person, you know that all my children is like, wow, it's like, I don't remember how many years, 40 something years by the time it ended on TV. And I was like, okay, let's do it. Went on all my children, like figured out that, by the way, when I was on all my children, I was telling everybody, you need to be on Twitter. You need to be on social media. You need to, uh, because the thing, I was so early and everybody was so annoyed. <laughs> and it was because the way soap operas worked, the more popular you were, the more fan letters you received, right. the more your character was on screen. Smart. Okay. And the more you got paid. So I was yeah. like, I gotta, I've got to work. But that was, that was fun. I don't remember any like major beauty moments there. I, I played the prostitute with a heart of gold. <laughs> great role. But I met some great people and I, you know, I brushed up on my ability to memorize anything super quickly. You'd come on set and, and they'd give you 20 new pages and they'd say you have 20 minutes. Wow. That's very intense. Well, I want to talk a little bit about what you're doing now with Made. Um, what inspired you to start Made, and specifically, like, what gaps did you find in the wellness industry that made you think, okay, I want to fill in those gaps? So, between my time in television and my time as a mother, you know, my time on TV, I, everything was about what I was doing on TV or the red carpet. So, how can I fit into like a great outfit? How do I look great when I have a sex scene? How does, you know, I've got to keep my tool and my tool being my body, hair, skin, nails, like that whole thing. And then I had a kid and realized this was, there's a bigger reason to keep yourself healthy. And the more I talked about health in between those two moments of my life, the more I started to feel like certain people where I grew up or certain people like my friends and certain family members really were like, oh, that's kind of bougie. Or I felt like when I was reading things, they were really marketed towards white women, wealthy women. And considering my background, I was like, well, you could just go in your fridge or your pantry and pull something out that is natural. You don't necessarily need to pay for something. And this is what's attached to like using natural products and wellness. And I, I, I really started to get into yoga and I just really looked at the industry and felt no one was talking to black and brown women. Not only were they not talking to black and brown women, but they weren't making it accessible. So my whole reason for launching Made was to say, there's multiple versions of wellness. There's multiple versions of clean beauty specifically. 
So you can go into Target and you can buy your $10 product that has like the basic negative five toxins. Right. Right. And then of course you can go somewhere else and buy something, you know, you can go to Credo or, or a detox market and buy something that's a little bit more expensive and has a little bit less. And I wanted to be able to talk to women and say, just because you can't afford this $30 bottle of something doesn't right. mean that you should not consider using products that have less in the season. And I want to spend my time educating women and, and telling them what's what I, what I call green, greener, and greenest. So I want to say, hey, you can afford $10 on a sunscreen. Here's the one you want to go in and get. And here's where you get it. And if you choose to and want to spend $32 on a sunscreen, here's where you get it. Here's what I love. And what I love in each range. And I, it, it really started because I was sharing organically on social media what was going on in my life and why I was doing things. And really everyone, the community just started to grow and, and women started to talk back to me and say, Hey, I, I'd love to have a place to go back to because I can't find the Instagram or the Snapchat erased or whatever it was at the time. And they encouraged me to launch my own platform. And I did. And I am to this day overwhelmed and with it, like excitement and how successful it's been and how many women write me back and say, oh, I've just someone yesterday. It's like, I just dumped my stuff. I finished my last like traditional beauty product. And now I'm like all fully clean. And that means a lot to me. And it means more to me than I ever did as a model or an actress. And it's not necessarily about, you know, fame, like modeling and acting is. It's really about having an effect on someone's life. And I think that that's always kind of been my calling. Absolutely. And I think I was telling you earlier, so many people look up to you. So many people feel so deeply connected to you and your family because you do share so authentically. And it's great that you can have that positive impact on people's lives. So you mentioned the term clean beauty, and I want to drill a little into clean beauty because it's something that we've been talking about on this podcast. I used to say, I only do clean beauty, but now I'm like, what does it even mean? So like how much of the rise of clean beauty feels genuine to you and how much feels like marketing. And you also have a site where you talk about clean beauty a lot. Um, but I think like the more and more I've dug into clean beauty, I'm like, what does it even mean? So how do you define it? And what are your thoughts on the rise of clean beauty? Well, the truth is we both know there's no regulations. So a brand can come along and say, hey, I'm a clean beauty brand and you've got to do the work. And that's what I do when I work with brands. First and foremost, I only work with brands that I literally use and love and can say, I've used this product for X amount of time and it works. I find it like efficient or effective. And But for me, because I always want to introduce stuff that's accessible, there's different levels of clean. And so I want to give my community an opportunity to run into a target because not everybody has a detox market. I have one seven minutes away but not everybody has that. And so there might not be the exact same products and ingredients, but I want to say, hey, at least you know that that brand that you picked up in Target doesn't have you know, the five top five or top six nasties in them. And yeah, there's a lot of commercialism and there's a lot of celebrities going out and launching their clean beauty brand. And oh my gosh, sidebar. 
that video yesterday was so funny that you posted, right? Okay, so but like, which had every celebrity saying, everyone was asking me, so I decided to launch a clean line. And I mean, some people are there for the trends and they're there to make money. It's, it's definitely a business, but what I would say is that I like what they're doing only because it's making bigger brands listen. And that is something that we need to applaud. So I will always take the opportunity to commend a brand who's trying to get better. Now, yes, a big brand's only trying to do it because they realize it's a moneymaker. But if you are educated in this space and you can say, hey, let me buy this mascara when I go to CVS and I'm going to buy this one because it has, it doesn't have, excuse me, X, Y, and Z. That's a positive. Absolutely. People are going to shop. People are going to buy. And if 2020 taught us anything is that people are going to shop because we didn't have anything going for us, but people were still like, people didn't have money and we're still spending. I, I, I don't know how I feel about that, but people were and they, and self-care and beauty products were, Yes, like, absolutely. The roof. So if we can, through commercialism, influence big companies to take some of the terrible stuff that's been in our products for years out, then I think it's a win. And I think that there is truth to if every day you put something, even if it has a little bit of something that could be bad for you, if you use it for 25 years, that builds up in your body. And I I, I won't ever disagree with that fact. Yeah, I think it's it's a very interesting conversation. And as I've been researching more, I think I've learned that some of the even big companies don't use like these harmful ingredients because they can't really. So Denise, when you think about the ingredients that you really don't want in products, like what are you actively avoiding? I'm avoiding something like parabens. I don't want anything that could potentially over the next, you know, not that I'm having any more kids, but 10 or 15 years disrupt my hormones whatsoever. So those are the things that that I look for. And those are the brands that I look for to work with. Because I, again, I think that if you start to continuously use a product that has even the minute amount of it, it does, it definitely does build up. Well, you have beautiful makeup on. I'm like dying to know this eyeshadow and like blush combo. Like what are your go-to makeup brands? Okay. Um, this eyeshadow is so controversy, controversial, controversial. I can't pronounce it, but I'm going to tell you why, because I don't know why beauty counter stopped making this palette that I have, but they had this eyeshadow palette that is so epic. And I'm guarding with for my life because <laughs> every time we go to try and like put it back on the site, it's, it's just non-existent. And I don't know why. So that's where my eyeshadow's from. It's gorgeous. Thank you. My go-to brands. Uh, I'm loving Say right now. So I'm wearing, in full transparency, my girlfriend is a creative director, but I love their products. I really, really am loving the dewy blush. And I know everyone's going crazy over the poppy, but like the rosy is my jam. So that's what I use for blush. I am hands down Kosas Revealer Concealer. That is like, oh my God obsessed. Is that not the best? It's absolutely the best. By the way, I put it, I, I just put it everywhere. Everywhere. I'm like everywhere. And I use my brush and I blend it in exactly. and that's it. We're good to go. Yeah. Um, and then I use like a lighter color under my eyes. 
Have you tried the Kosas powder yet? No. It's really good. And Sheena, who's the founder of Kosas, I was like, I'm not a powder girl. I'm like a dewy girl. And she's like, I made this powder for people that don't like powder. And so very skeptically, I got it and I'm obsessed. It's very good. Oh, I must try. I must try. So I like a little powder in my T-zone and right under my eyes because I know that I'm going to sweat through it within like 20 (laughs) minutes. So I always kind of set like right in here and then right under my eye. In like 20 minutes, I'm like, things are like perfect for me. And then let's see, let's see, let's see. Who else do I love? I love a little- What do you like for lips? RMS is who I do. Like my signature, well, what was pre-pandemic, my signature red lip. Now I never throw a red lip on. (laughs) So RMS makes a color called Desire that I love for a red lip. And then I love a company called, I think it's pronounced Henne, H-E-N-N-E. Oh yeah, Henne or Yeah, and they make like a great- like a lip mask and like a lip scrub that I use at night, because the thing is, if you're ever going to like attempt a red lip, you must, must take care. You must exfoliate. You must hydrate your lips because that's how you get, that's like the secret to having the most perfect, like red lipstick application is your lips have to be exfoliated and hydrated. So those are my go-tos. I'm using bite right now um, for, for mascara. Oh, how's their mascara? really great. Like really give you lashes. Give, give you, gives you lashes, like takes you like onto that next level of, of, of lashness of lashness. Is that a word? (laughs) And I am a diehard fan for Ilya's um, gel crayon. Like they've got like a crayon eyeliner and it just like glides, like it literally glides across your eye, like an ice skater. And you can, you know, you can keep it really structured, but you can also like blend it in for a nice little, like easy, not, I'm never going to be the person who's like six steps for a smoky eye. Like I don't have time for that. I'm, I'm a mom, but like, (laughs) you can like apply it really messy and then take your finger and just like dab it, dab it out. And you're like, Oh, that's got a little smoky in here. So I love that they've got two colors, like a black and a brown. And I, I prefer the brown and that's who my makeup go-tos are. I love that. We have to talk about your skin because I have never seen you have a bad skin day in your entire life. Your skin is like perpetually flawless. So we need all the skincare secrets. You know, there's this whole trend about like minimalism and skincare. I do not think that I am like someone who overdoes it like in in one night, in one session, whatever your day or Yeah. But I do have a lot of products because I do really believe that for me, I have combination skin every day is different. And so it's interesting when I talk about this with my community. So the first thing that I do when I wake up is on my way to the toilet, I was going to say potty because you know you're a mom when you're like, <laughs> on my way to the potty. <laughs> on my way to the toilet, I face front in the mirror, do an inspection. It's okay. 30 seconds, but I'm like inspecting what's going on with my skin. Did I wake up like really oily? Did I wake up dry? Like what's going on? And then I determine what I'm going to use based on them. So I have like four or five face washes. But I think that if you have four or five face washes and you are, kill me, everyone wants to come me right now. But if you have, okay, if you have three face washes and you're using them throughout the year, right? Because you have 12 months to basically for most products to use, then that's it. That's all you need. So you just need to kind of figure out okay, I woke up, I'm looking a little like I've produced a little bit more oil than I want to. So I might use like a clay cleanser or 
I woke up a little parched. My skin looks like it needs some hydration. So then I'll probably use like a gel cleanser or maybe a, a, like a milk, right? A milk type of cleanser. I don't use the oil cleansers unless, like usually at night, if I use an oil cleanser and I double cleanse if necessary to take off makeup and stuff like that. I'm a big gua sha, jade roller. My grandmother, gosh, way before there were blogs, beauty blogs and, and wellness sites, my grandmother really taught me about all of those things. Um, she also taught me how to use spoons. I'm waiting to do that like Instagram video because I, I like, no one does this. And I'm like, my grandmother taught me how to do this with spoons. So that old school way. So I'm definitely someone who believes in those kind of tools and your hands as well. Um, so I definitely do that. And, you know, I, t- I, I go about skincare, I think simplistically where it's cleanse and then treat. So I'll use a serum to treat whatever, you know, with the daytime versus the nighttime, very different. And then moisturize, like protect your skin. I don't care what shade you are. You need to be wearing. Thank you, grandma, for teaching me them at a very young age, because that is why I feel like my skin really looks so well for the amount of years I've been on this planet. Yes. Yes. You look super young. I mean, you are actually, I shouldn't say you look super young. You are young, but you you think, you think. (laughs) So what's your go-to sunscreen? You said SPF is really important. What's like your go-to sunscreen? So I love Biosance's mineral zinc sunscreen. I don't know if you've tried it. I haven't. Because I know if you are a black or brown girl, you're like, this could go the wrong way. And trust me, I've spent much time dealing with the bad brands. I love it. And I love how moisturizing it is so that in the right insert, like when I'm in a humid spot, I don't use anything else. Like if I'm on the beach in Mexico, that's all I use. Like after I wash my face, I'll just put that on and keep it moving. So I really love like products that double down do more than one thing, which is why I'm such a fan of Kosas because it's really like a, a a part of their brand as well. So that's my favorite. And I love the little beauty counter stick for on the go. They make like a little, it looks like a mini deodorant. It looks like the tiniest little deodorant. If you've got heavy makeup on, it's not going to work. But like if you are going through a day and you're traveling and moving around, it's like an easy just apply. And it's great for the kids. I saw it right on my little girl. Love it. So if you had to distill, which is such a hard question for beauty junkies like us, like your top three favorite products, beauty products. I know it's so hard. What, what, like what comes to mind? What are you loving now? It's all of all time is too hard. Yeah. So is it what I'm loving now? Let's do what you're what loving I love now. Of all time. Or like if I was stuck on a desert Island, what I needed to take, cause these are all very different, all very different. I, let's say what, what are the three products you're loving right now? So I'm loving, I will go back to say, and, and their dewy blush I'm loving right now. It's like in the car, one, two, three, three dots, move it around. And all of a sudden I look like, you know, awake and glowy. And I'm also loving this product from a new company in full transparency. They did send it to me and I looked up the price yesterday. It is pricey. (laughs) <laughs> so I need to still, I, I need to finish the bottle to tell you whether or not I would buy it myself, but it's called Symbiome. No, I don't know this brand. Okay. And it's a serum that is really making my skin glow. Like just one app. Like, sometimes I put something on and then something happens with the kids and I, I'm 
all of a sudden, or I realize something's boiling in the kitchen and I run over to the kitchen and, and then I forget or I fall asleep. And then, then I, the kids have dinner and then I fall asleep. So these things happen. I don't always get to do a full routine and I really am feeling the benefits of that. And then have you tried honey yet? It's a shaver and they make something called a, a pillow. Like a, a, the product is on their shave pillow. No. Okay. So funny, they sent me a little experience for mother's day. It's a single blade shaver and they make something called the shave pillow. And it's also kind of like a deodorant, like a, a cylinder shaped deodorant. And you put it on and you can shave dry. Whoa. Like your, your legs, like everything, like you do not need to get in the shower or wet your body down Whoa. to have a shave. And this incredible because sometimes you're like, let's be real. Sometimes you go and put on a dress and you're like, Oh, right. Armpits need to be, I might, have to, I might have to clean that up right there. And then you're like, Oh, we got to wet it down, blah, blah, blah. Get in the shower. What do you do? This ensures that you don't need water to shave. It's super hydrating. It glides. The shaver is beautiful. The, the branding is beautiful. They're also really conscious of what they're doing. So you buy a stack of shavers and they've got like this little um, box that you put the, sh- the, the blades in. Sorry, you buy a stack of blades and you put it in and then you have something that you can easily recycle after, but it'll last you a year because each single blade you can use like six times. Um, so I'm, those are the three things that I'm loving right now. Wow, that shaver sounds like revolutionary. I'm like dying to try that. I'm going to send it to you. I've never had a, such a smooth shave, literally. It's like, did I wash? Like, what, what is it? Like, it's just so close to your skin. Um, and it's also a beautiful company. It's a woman-owned brand. She's a mom. So love. I love all those things about it. Well, as someone who's incredibly busy and a mom as well, how do you make time for self-care? Because sometimes I struggle to... My, my nighttime skincare routine is like my self-care time, which is why I'm like, I do all the steps. Like people may think it's extra, but like, I'm going to take that time. <laughs> but how do you kind of carve out moments of self-care for yourself? I couldn't agree more with you. Like definitely I'm getting in my self-care. It's happening either I'm getting up early or I'm staying up late. And I, I definitely have girlfriends who are like, are you going to get up? Like sometimes you're like shooting shit and it's like 1130. I was like, oh, I got to go. I got to go wash your treatment. And they're very confused about me getting off the phone at 1130 and doing that. I'm like, that's for me. That's what feeds my soul. And every day is different. And, you know, my approach to self-care because I'm such a, you know, an advocate for it, especially for moms. And it is really motherhood really taught me that it's not selfish to take care of yourself and to put yourself first. The way I approach this is I schedule it in as if I was having a meeting, as if I was going to a dinner, as if I had a work event, as if I had a teacher meeting. It's just as important as me sitting down with my kid's teacher. It's just as important as me having a work function to attend. I figure out where in the day I'm going to do it and I put it in. And every day is different. One day it might be, I'm going to take a 30 minute or a 15 or 20 minute walk around the neighborhood. And I'm going to listen to, you know, a meditation or a podcast if I want to, or I'll turn around to my husband and he'll, he'll be talking to me. And I go, I'm sorry. I just need to aimlessly, like just scroll Instagram for 10 minutes. That's what I need to do that day. Who knows? Sometimes it's inspiring. Sometimes it's like, you no, know, people love to watch reality TV. Why? 
because it's just like, I'm not thinking about anything. And I think as moms, we, as working moms, especially, there's so many decisions we have to make in it. What's to eat? What to wear? Where do we go? What's the activity? Who's the meeting? What do we have to do? Where do the, what are the deliverables? What date to, that you just need to give yourself some time to just not think about things and to check in with yourself, make sure that you're super happy. Am I happy right now in this moment? Am I happy still doing what I'm doing? Do I, I still love my job? Do I still love this business that I built? Do I still love my partner? Like these are serious conversations. And I like to check in with myself every day and do that. And it's so important because there is, I mean, there is a reason in a flight in case of emergency, you are to put your mask on before someone else's. I cannot be the partner that I need to be to my husband. I cannot be the mother that I want to be to my kids. And I cannot run my business and be a boss, you know, and to my employees if I'm so wound up all day, if I haven't taken the time to relax, to feed myself. And also, I think when you just go, 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 you really stunt your creativity because you're so in the rhythm of, I have to get it done and I have to finish the emails and I have to get this done and I have to you know, answer these questions and I, 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 I have to get lunch done. I have to get dinner on the table. And you're just, you can easily get into this habit of go, go, go. And then your creativity is just kind of just gone. And, and, and for me, especially, I need to be able to sit down at the table and let go. So that's really also how I feed my creative soul. That's beautiful and so absolutely well said. I'm going to take a lot of that advice. I also feel like you have such a beautiful marriage. Like any, how do you kind of keep that partnership alive and thriving? Ah, I married my best friend. I did. I want to kill him every day. Let's <laughs> let's be very clear. <laughs> I want to kill him every day, but I have such a great partner. And I will say part of it is who he is. And I will take full credit for reminding him that he has to show up because I have so many girlfriends who are, I don't want to use the word unhappy because some of my girlfriends might be listening to this podcast, but (laughs) who are, you know, not really everywhere they want to be in their relationship, but yet they're not really communicative. And some of my girlfriends might say I'm too communicative for no problem, but I really let my husband know what I need from him and how he can show up for me and what is helpful and what I expect of him as a partner and as a dad. And then I reciprocate. So like right now, my husband has been off making a movie since October. He's been in and out since October, more out than in. And I will hold this all down. But when you're home, it's time for you to show up. So he, he just left this morning and he was home for about 10 days. I did not take my kid to school. He did every breakfast, every drop off. And that is how not only does he show his appreciation, appreciation for me, but is how he fuels me to get up when he's gone and continue holding down the fort. And, you know, not every day is rainbows and unicorns. We definitely like disagree about a lot of things and it's hard when you're too creative whose job is more important and and I want to talk about what I want to talk about and he wants to tell me about what you know what he's got going on and but we just um made a pact that no matter what every night we kiss and say good night and I love you even if then we roll over to our own sides <laughs> and you know we continue to be each other's biggest cheerleaders so right now 
Christy texted me right before I went on and he was like, have fun with your podcast. And he just remembers things like that. And he's doing, he's doing something as well. And I was like, yeah, have fun with your, it's just like that level of communication, letting your partner know what's going on in your life and what you need is so important so that he can send me that message. If I didn't tell him I was doing this, he wouldn't be able to give me that. And that fuels me and that excites me and that, you know, keeps everything kind of alive. Although he wants another kid and ain't anything happening. So another conversation. (laughs) (laughs) That's so beautiful. That's so beautiful. And you know, you, you have two beautiful kids. That's, that seems like you've got your hands full. No, we're good. We're so good. (laughs) I got like one girl, one boy, one brown eyed, one blue eyed, curly hair, straight hair. God bless me. And like, don't mess with it any more than that is the way I look at it. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, final question. When do you feel most beautiful, Denise? I feel most beautiful, honestly, when I'm in a humid <laughs> my skin is plump and naturally glowing. <laughs> and usually those are moments when I'm on vacation and I'm with my family and I'm on a beach somewhere with my husband and he's off of work and I'm off of work. And we are just like, in our zone. We take vacation very seriously. So I feel my most beautiful, my, my most beautiful in a vacation spot where it's warm and humid. Yes. I love that. That's, that's the vibe this summer. I'm like, I can't wait to go. I'm going to Turkey for vacation and I can't wait. Your husband's from there, right? Yes. Yes. Well, we go every summer, but we haven't been able to because of the pandemic. So we're finally going to go. Mavi will meet the rest of his family in Turkey. So we're very excited. So exciting. We had a very beautiful vacation in Turkey a couple of years ago. We love it there. A lot of similarities uh, between Turkey and, and Greece. And um, we go to Europe every summer. We literally say that we work our butts off so that we can have this time in Europe. And I commend you for, for doing this because I also think that there's something to be said about kids who have that experience. Obviously, I, 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 I'm born and raised American and, and love it most of the time. But there's something about Europe and this carefreeness and just the kids being on the beach and not knowing about everything else that's happening in life that's really beautiful and just eating food from, from straight from where it's grown and beautiful thing. I'm so excited for you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. This was so much fun. I feel like we could talk for another hour, um, but this was great. Oh my God. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I can't wait to see you in person and let's get the kids together and do something and the the hobbies and all that good stuff. So fun. All right. Thank you so much, Denise. Thank you guys. You'll know real when you get it. It will say eBay authenticity guarantee and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like a gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts, not just any experts, specialized experts, real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know eBay's got your back. 
Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Okay, so that was Denise. I hope you guys loved this episode. I loved everything she had to say about taking care of yourself and self-care. And I just find her to be a very, very lovely and warm and high energy person. So I hope you guys enjoyed the conversation as much as I did. I have so many great episodes coming up. So please make sure you're subscribed. If you are not subscribed to Naked Beauty, new episodes every Monday and sometimes if you guys follow the feed, sometimes there are bonus episodes on a Thursday. So you, you've got to follow along to make sure that you don't miss out on anything. If you love the show, please take the time to make a rating or leave a review. That would be so, so appreciated. Your reviews help other people find this show. So thank you all for listening. Oh, and don't forget to email me your beauty questions. I haven't finished with that. I'm still deciding do I do solo episodes, solo mini bonus episodes where I'm answering just like three or four beauty questions on specific topics, or do I put them at the end of the podcast? I can't decide. Let me know. Send me a DM. Email me at nakedbeautypodcast at gmail.com. You can give me advice on if this segment should be on its own in a solo episode or if it should be at the end, or you can always email me your beauty questions. I love answering them for you guys. All right. Thank you so much for listening and I'll be back next week. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm-hmm.